1: There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. So, before we get started down here somewhere, there is a subscribe button. I'm going to get you right now, if you can, just to hit that subscribe because we have some amazing things coming out on the She Word over the next six months. Not only do we have season three, but we also have another season of the Young Women's Edition, Women in Business, and also coming up in the new year, the He Word. So, hit that subscribe, follow, like us, stay in touch, and we'll let you know what's going on. And if you are one of our Patreon subscribers watching this before anybody else, well, a very special thank you to you. I know you've been very patient, but we've got some very special stuff coming up for you in the coming weeks and months. And just by being a Patreon subscriber, you're making a difference to the lives of women who need guidance and therapy through our partnership with the Richmond Foundation. 50% of the profits from our Patreon page goes directly to the Richmond Foundation. So the theme for today's show was suggested by one of today's guests. And when she contacted me and said, Why don't you have a show on menstruation on periods? It was a light bulb moment. Yes, because periods will affect every single woman in one way or another and will stay with us for approximately 37 and a half years. That means somewhere around 500 periods. So I can't actually believe we're in season three and we're only just. Having this conversation. But here we are sitting around a table with three amazing ladies, and we're going to be talking about menstruation and periods. So, Rebecca, aka Rebecca Lifestyle on Insta, content creator, lifestyle guru, And with an eco-friendly mission, committed to self-care and loves traveling. But more importantly, Rebecca is a woman, which means, Rebecca, you are already an expert in this field just by being a woman. Yeah, technically,
2: yeah. I mean, obviously, every woman goes through this and I feel that we do not talk about it enough. We really need to get back out there and talk about it more often.
1: Absolutely. And that's why we're doing this. So I want to say a massive thank you because you really did make that light bulb moment for me. Audrey Galia Suchet is a woman's health physiotherapist specializing in the pelvic floor, which I have to confess, until I spoke to you in conversation, I didn't even know and still really don't know what the pelvic floor is. So we're going to be talking about that as well. But you work with patients who, aside from other issues, have severe period pains and explains That physio can relieve this and assist with this, which again. Can
3: actually do that.
1: I'm amazed. Audrey, I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you so much for being here because I was just reading about you. I was like, wow. And I'm going to get you to give me a little bit more information about yourself in just a second. And (laughs) Chiara Frendo Balzan is an intensely loved and well-respected obstetrician and gynecologist, I got that word out there, (laughs) specialising in women's health and sexual health. You're already a regular guest on television, radio and podcast, so this is nothing new for you. You're committed to sharing your knowledge of the female journey. It's so amazing to have you here. We've been talking about this for a really long time. And Chiara, I'm gonna stay with you right
0: now. Fill me in on the details about you and what you do. And and you've obviously, you've also studied abroad. Yes, I, I did all my training in the UK. For eleven years, and uh, then I came back, and uh, and now I'm helping the Maltese women and the foreign women, of course, in Malta. Um, obviously, it's a different situation. The organisation here is different, and I worked in the, in the main hospital here in Malta, um, but now I do private practice, so I can dedicate my time to these women. And, uh, and yeah, I I think it's fab. And periods, oh my goodness, that's like half of my patients, like all the. Whole clinic 50% of the time and talking about periods. So to me, not talking about periods, like, really? What?
1: Well, we're going to come to this and why we do and don't talk about periods in a second. And I'm also just going to add to that. I absolutely love your accent, which is from a, a part of Wales. We touched <laughs> yes. on that because we haven't met before, but we've talked quite a number of times. And I'm going to just repeat the fact that you've been recommended to this show so many times because you're very well known and very loved. So thank you for being I here. I really thank you for appreciate having me. It. Thank oh. you.
0: I'm so glad that I'm finally here.
1: I'm too, and I'm so glad we're talking about periods. <laughs> why not? Rebecca. So you, I follow you on socials. Uh, we've exchanged, we've I've seen what you're up to. I've seen that you love traveling and that you you're an Instagram content creator. Yeah. But why, why, why? And as part of the introduction to you, Did you say that we should have this topic because it was you that said we should talk about periods? So
2: um, to be honest, my slogan for the blog is the filterless feed. And in that, it means like literally showing everything, just putting it out there just as it is raw. And through my experience, I just find that we really don't talk about it. And it's a big part of our lives. And we really need to speak about it even more often because I feel that it is still taboo language. So... It's something that it is almost shameful for women to speak about and we really need to speak about it more often. It's very important. And
1: this comes up about so many topics that we discuss here on this show, that women don't talk about things that affect so much of their lives. Audrey, I'm pretty sure that I left out some details with yourself, not, not simply because I really need to know what the pelvic floor is, but tell me about you because you're a physiotherapist specializing this area. I've never heard of that before.
3: In fact, that is something that is really common. A lot of people have no idea. When they come for physiotherapy, their idea is either because they've got a back pain or a neck pain, right. or pelvic floor. You know, it, they're just not aware that there are problems. Um,
1: are, are they aware of what
3: it is? Not that much either. Well, basically, it's the bottom of your pelvis, which keeps everything together, where you pee and poop. If I may say these words. Oh, we've had much worse. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome to say pee and poop. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and uh, so it's muscle. It's the muscle that is at the bottom of the pelvis, but also the organs within the pelvis that can give you trouble. So a pelvic health or a women's health physiotherapist is sort of the equivalent of an obstetrician, but in physio. So you're dealing with problems like with yeah. incontinence, pain during intercourse. Period pains, as we mentioned, pregnancy, all that comes under women's health, which is extremely vast, extremely vast topic.
0: Super valuable for me as well and my patients. And I work so much like hand in hand with such physiotherapists because because I can't do everything on my own. And they like the missing link, like a jigsaw puzzle. uh,
1: Listen, I'm going to obviously you guys know of each other and know of what you do. Yes. But Rebecca, have you ever come across a physiotherapist before who specializes in the pelvic floor? No. Right. Okay. So at least <laughs> I'm not the, the only one. But
0: in all fairness, many of my patients have not. And when I was in Wales, I used to work in a team like this with a physiotherapist. And then when I came to Malta, I was like, and then it started. So maybe in the last four years or so, I think it's started. I think started it's
3: really caught on exactly these recently. last few years. Yes. These yeah, last few okay. years. I can't wait to
1: talk about this. Before we get into it, I'm going to drop you some statistics. So on average, women will have 450 to 500 periods over their lifetime, which equals 3,500 days spent menstruating.
0: Nice.
1: Over 10,000 period products in one lifetime. And of course, each woman is unique. So that number will vary. But understanding your cycle is important since you will have so many cycles throughout your life. Menstrual cycles vary, but on average, there are 13 per year. I guess that makes sense. A woman will menstruate for the equivalent duration of six and a half years of her life. On average, oh women lose between 70 to 100 milliliters of blood during every period. That's approximately four tablespoons. That's correct. And this one I particularly love, which I did share before the show menstrual fluid doesn't have a smell until it's exposed to air. I love this fact. No. <laughs> 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 But listen, Malta has a phrase to identify when a young woman has started a period, which is translated, she's fallen down the stairs. Yes. yes. So yes. give that to me in Maltese. <laughs> okay. So when we were talking about this in the Women Child Free show, uh, myself and my guest Helen misheard this phrase as it was explained in English, and we thought it said, the cheese has fallen down the stairs. Oh, right. So we spent most hey. of the show talking about the cheese falling down the stairs, only to find afterwards that both of us have misheard actually that she's fallen down the stairs.
0: Yes. Do you know so <laughs> this is a
1: common phrase.
0: I don't think it's really I that think much. It's much it's not old, that it's an much anymore, phrase. I'll admit it's I, definitely
1: cheese and not cheese. She, it's not yes. like and camembert I, has gone I down stairs. You don't translate
0: that to English. No. Huh? But I remember when I was a kid and my neighbor my my neighbor um had her first period and her, her mum came to tell my mum that oh my daughter fell down the stairs. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I went, "Oh, did, did she hurt herself?" All <laughs> well, the Maltese of course. I'm like and I genuinely thought that my friend had fallen down the stairs. But yeah, apparently. But there's a lot of
1: phrases that we would use. I mean, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some, but you know, the 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 he's come to call um, English phrases that we might use that refer the painters are in um, these sorts of things and anything that we can come up with to cover up an open dialogue because there's a lot of of embarrassment. Mm. Is that why we don't talk about periods? Why, if this is so? prevalent in our lives and it's going to happen to practically every woman one way or another why don't we talk about it why do we have to hide the phrases that we use Mm. why don't we say you know what this is a period this is your pelvic floor this is what's happening down there this is other issues you know like like non-smelling menstrual blood why do we have to hide it why can we not have more open conversations or am i
2: just talking to the wrong people no, one hundred percent. Like I remember when I first started learning about everything, I remember it was like a oh, hush hush, like don't talk about it so in the open. It was always about, still is, because whenever I speak to my family members, it's always like I get the side eye, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with that? Like it happens to every woman. It's not a secret. It's out there. It's not something to be ashamed of. What's the problem? It's still happening so that for me obviously it is a disappointment because when there is so much to learn about like why do we keep it all hush hush
3: i think it's Mm. more the fact that we don't know what's happening with our body we're really not aware of of what it means you know you have your monthly cycle and you're not aware if these symptoms are normal like like a lot of people just accept that pain is normal every single month Mm. and They just grin and bear it. And then coupled with maybe family members telling you, oh, get on with it, you know, it's just your period. And how come you need to take sick leave and you're feeling so unwell and you have to miss school? And you don't get the support you need.
0: This is is interesting. I think from the psychological point of view, um, because are we made, are we told that we shouldn't talk about this because of boys, because of men? But I remember a specific um, moment when I had a, a couple in my clinic and, and he was answering all the questions relating to her period, like when she was on, because for men, it's important to know when. Oh,
3: on. yes. <laughs>
0: okay. They have an investment there. <laughs> okay. okay. So and uh, they, they're not afraid to speak about it. So why are we, mm. why are we not talking about this?
1: see this comes back it reminds me of the conversation we had in the last show about menopause which is about shame and women being ashamed of our bodies and some of the 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 bodily functions that we have but bearing in mind that they've happened since the beginning of time and without periods nobody would exist literally nobody would be on the planet because if you turn it around a period is what is just a is a is a an indication that, that you're a woman and that you would be able to, hopefully, to, to have a child. But you just said there's not enough information that's out there relating to periods. I'm asking you what the pelvic floor is. And maybe there's a lot of women watching this going, true, you didn't know what the pelvic floor is. But you yourself have said that there's there's not em- enough information out there. What are the symptoms of a period? What, what is actually, I'm going to ask you guys, what is actually happening? Explain to me what is happening and what are the symptoms that we feel?
0: Period. Right, okay. So as you rightly said earlier, the period is only there for to make babies, right? So the period is actually the lining of the uterus that thickens in preparation for pregnancy. So when the egg comes off, so there's ovulation and expecting it to be fertilized, and there's this nice cushion, but if there's no fertilization, the egg is lost, And the period comes because the lining is shed. So that happens every month that the woman is not pregnant. Okay. So that's what periods are. The lining of the uterus is shed. That's it. And it happens every 28 days, as you said. So that makes it 13 times a month. Yeah. And obviously we go through hormonal changes. We've got this hormonal surges with ovulation when when the egg is released. And then there's a decline in those hormones. And that's when we feel the PMS.
1: Is there a medical reason of why, you know, is there a benefit to having those that hormonal surge? Is, there a, is your
0: body sending a message, no, it's just honestly a pain in the ass? Uh, no, it's only there for getting pregnant. Okay. So stopping periods, hormonal control of periods, not having periods is okay as well. Okay.
1: But there's not, the, your body's not getting you grumpy on purpose for any particular reason. It's just a side effect of having...
0: Correct, exactly. It's our reaction to that decline of hormones. That's that's what it is. Okay. Is.
1: So, Rebecca, I'm going to ask you, what symptoms of your periods have you experienced? Because then I'm going to come to Audrey and ask to give me a, an idea of the range of symptoms that women experience.
2: So, um, I'm completely different to my family. Like, to the rest of my female family members, completely different. Yes, so... <laughs> Basically, my cycle didn't regularize until like one and a half years ago. Yes. And the rest of my family all had it regular. They're fine. So you're like, they were always asking me, but is it true? Is it real? But maybe, 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 all the maybes, but I never really understood why. And I always felt like a fish out of water. Like the rest of my family is having everything normally, if we can say that. And I'm the only one like this. What's going on? I get a lot of pain in the first couple of days, like to the point that sometimes I literally stayed home. I still do. And just bed rest. Because honestly, I get a lot of pain. I get the worst moves swings in the freaking universe. I get so pissed off, like I go from zero to hundred or else I'm just completely quiet. So it literally varies from one cycle to the next. And I was so completely different from the rest of my family, especially my mom, for example, or my grandmother from my mother's side, that when I was comparing notes, so to say, I just felt like I'm an alien. Literally felt like I'm an alien.
1: But do you experience any of the other now that your your periods have regularized you experience any of the other kind of typical eating chocolate uh you know what are are the the cravings and that sort of thing
2: oh yes (laughs) always so it it always varies so it's either savory or sweet and now it goes like full on like I'm eating a candy bar for breakfast lunch dinner like it goes crazy sometimes (laughs) Yes, (laughs) so I am guilty of that, if you can say guilty. Where's okay?
1: So I want to run through what the symptoms are and why, (laughs) because that was a great explanation of what the period is. So what are the symptoms of a period of menstruation? It's the pain. We know the pain. We know the chocolate. One of the symptoms, I would say, it's
0: it's bleeding. Symptoms is bleeding. Okay, you bleed, but it should not be painful. We should not suffer periods. It shouldn't be heavy. We shouldn't suffer periods. Okay. <laughs>
2: That's oh, news so to me. Yes,
0: exactly. So um, this supports you, know, you have to tolerate the pain. No, because we need to find out why you're having pain.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. whoa. Back up, back up, back up, back up, <laughs> back up, back up. I'm sorry, one. <laughs> because I, my, when I had periods, particularly when I, my teens and my early 20s and, and then sort of probably towards my late 20s, always hot water bottle, paracetamol, oh, yes. go to bed, not really eating, I never really had the cravings, but always pain. Yeah. So w- what's, that you're telling me that's. Is what?
3: not normal. The excessive pain is Ex- not normal. Excessive
0: pain is not normal.
1: I
3: mean, when oh, you're, oh. when you're building up to get your period. You're going to have these prostaglandins, which are chemicals inside the uterus to help your body shed the the blood if you don't get pregnant. And it's those that make the cramps and make you feel uncomfortable.
0: Because it needs to be shed. Exactly.
3: And that is one of the symptoms, if you'd like to call that. You get the cramping, but they shouldn't be extreme. When you have extreme pain, then it needs to be investigated to see yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, because you have to distinguish between primary and secondary dysmenorrhea, which is basically pain in your periods. When it's primary, it's not due to any gyne, uh, any other gyne issue, but sometimes it could be because maybe your uterus is slightly tipped, so it cannot empty easily. It could so be when? because of fibroids, I see it that exactly. that is news is to us.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Back gesture. up, back up, back up. Because just pause <laughs> <pulled> for a <laughs> second I want to hear what you just said. And and be- Becky, Rebecca and I are just I'm looking just at each lost, other. Honestly, like, <laughs> right. what are we
2: talking about? Because that
1: is the very first time I've ever heard Same. that. Like, ever heard that. And uh, and fibroids and endometriosis I had, but I just assumed even for, as a as a teenager as a, the period pain we talk about period pain we talk about period pain and and recent studies have said that that some period pain equals a heart is equivalent to a heart attack it's that can be that intense we talk yeah. about period pain why is it, you, you're saying that's not a, normal a,
0: that's not the average no
1: yeah no it's not the average so we should expect some discomfort some
0: discomfort yes so some cramps discomfort normal. is normal some, you feel like Maybe some
3: bowel disturbances, you might be a bit constipated before your period and then you might have some diarrhea after, again, because of these hormones. But you shouldn't be in pain that you have to miss social activities, going out, work, school.
2: Well, that happened. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always kind of like medium to high levels of pain although once it happened like it, it was so extreme oh my goodness it was such a big amount of, like I can't even describe it it was excruciating to the point where I couldn't walk I literally couldn't walk I was like literally holding on for dear life like I was taken straight away to the hospital like from one side to the other, nobody really had an a, like a, like an explanation for it. So you can imagine I was absolutely fuming, furious for like being a whole day in hospital, excruciating pain, going to find the results. Uh, we don't really have an explanation for what you're yeah. going through.
1: And I will like... just I will just reiterate that because my experience, and we we'll, we'll touch on on these additional complications like endometriosis I think really people need to be aware of that Um, you know Sasha was talking about ovarian cysts and that causing pain at that particular time of the month but my experience was I I was undiagnosed with endometriosis for 12 years I kept going to the doctor I kept then going getting rushed into hospital with pain so bad that I was passing out and I kept getting told I had gas Mm -hmm. and and Three times, four times, I was rushed to hospital. Twice I'd passed out. You've got gas. The fourth time they took it seriously, they gave me a laparoscopy. And by then, the endometriosis was everywhere. Now, explain, one of you beautiful ladies, explain what endometriosis is just for a second. And we'll come back to these complications. But just what are the endometrial cells? Because I think it's really important. These are the cells in the lining.
0: Yes. So endometrium is the fancy word, if you want, for lining of the uterus. Okay. Okay. So with endometriosis the glands that are from the lining are also present outside the uterus on the ovaries on the fallopian tubes on the ligaments around around the pelvis on the bowel okay and also in other places in the lung right so this is real okay so those glands are reacting to those hormones every single month the lining bleeds blood comes out yeah those glands are bleeding but the blood has nowhere to go and blood is sticky okay on the inside and our belly everything moves over each other yeah the the intestines are loads of long meters so everything is sliding so imagine if there's a tiny spot of sticky blood and it sticks with your bowel or the ligament that is hold, the ligaments are holding the uterus in place because the uterus needs to grow yeah, with pregnancy. So it needs to be held in place by these ligaments. If that is on the ligaments, that ligament isn't stretchy anymore. So that also gives pain with intercourse because there's no movement. So imagine someone who's got IBS and has got gas in the bowel and there's a tiny sticky, sticky spot. And that's tugging, it's pulling. Right. So this is what endometriosis pain is described as during the cycle and also not during the cycle. So either during periods when it's painful everywhere else. And when it's during the rest of the month, usually it's a specific spot and it doesn't move because it's a specific spot, something like gas that moves around. Mm. Okay, and it's notoriously one of the most difficult things to diagnose. This is why people go undiagnosed for a long time. And in the past, laparoscopy was the gold standard. The drawback with laparoscopy is you only see the surface. So when they put the camera through your belly button, all they can see is the surface covering of the organs. With ultrasound in the right hands, with advanced scanning and ultrasound. Or MRI, you can see through the layers of the tissue. So there is an old thinking that laparoscopy is the gold standard. We cannot Mm. diagnose it. But the thing is, you can actually map out endometriosis just by ultrasound so that when the surgeon goes in, they know exactly what they're going to find.
1: So coming back to that, if we're talking, I'm going to ask you again because I think anybody that's watching this, like Rebecca and I, are just kind of right at this moment blown away. And there's so many things that I want to, Kind of touch on in this show, but from you ladies, give us a definition again of what a normal menstruation should be like not extreme
0: pain, no,
3: three days, definitely not. Three days, three a days. Three days. bit of bleeding, normal blood flow, not yes. too much, changing
0: maybe two, three pads, normal, uh, the green ones, <laughs> the green pads, <laughs> not flooding through. Not flooding no through. Flooding. A night. No flooding. No, because that's that's heavy menstrual bleeding. We haven't even gone. We haven't even touched that subject yet. Well, we you, not the, fr- the, floor, the pelvic floor is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I have got one. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yes, there's so much to talk about. I think you need more se- more, more shows.
1: Oh no, um, we can do that. That's, that's fine, omitriosis. Rebecca. You started it.
2: A... <laughs> I opened up the Pandora's yeah, box almost. Absolutely. So
0: normal period. What's the normal period? Three days. Every 28 days. um, Manageable pain. Most women don't need, not even paracetamol.
3: And they can get on with their life.
0: Yes. And,
3: yeah. I,
1: oh. Mm -hmm. So if if someone is experiencing, if there's a woman listening or watching the show and is experiencing pain whereby they regularly have flooding, regularly have to take medication, regularly can't go out and do the fun stuff they want to do they need to be getting.
3: yes they definitely yes, need, to they need, the they need to be seeing a gynec to see what's happening yeah. then once maybe a diagnosis is made maybe they've got endometriosis or any other condition then yes they can look for help to to decrease the pain because as Kiara was saying where the, where the organs are stuck together that is going to cause pain so then there are techniques that you can do to loosen these areas of stickiness mm-hmm. which which can have a lot of benefits. So, for example, if your bowels are stuck to your uterus or whatever and you need to pass stools and you're always in pain when you need to go to the bathroom or it makes you very constipated, then one of the things you would notice is that you can go to the bathroom much easier. Or if you're having intercourse and it's painful, again, the pelvic floor can be released so that you won't be in pain.
1: This thing about sex, you know,
3: I mean, if there's a
1: couple of topics that we don't talk about, periods is one of them. And pain in sex is definitely another one. Yes, because we shouldn't be be all enjoying
0: sex, right? It's not painful. It shouldn't be painful. Right. But but endometriosis, do you know what? It's one question. And I tell them, is sex painful? And people don't want to talk about sex. Is sex painful? I just make it. Plain and clear that it's a normal thing I'm asking about, and they're like, "No, no, is is it painful in one position? Is there one position that you cannot do?" And they would be like, "Yes, when I put my legs up on his shoulder, there we go. So that's a deep position." And for anyone that didn't quite catch Kiara saying it,
1: <laughs> her legs are on his shoulder because you went a little my bit legs quiet on there. My legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no my we we don't we laying that out on the table, not <laughs> literally but, <laughs> but metaphorically. But,
0: no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> roll up to position all get our legs on the table. Right, but, but
0: yes, but but that uh, that position is a deep position, so that will push the ligaments even more. So those ligaments that are sticky cannot be pushed, and and doggy is another one. is that I love that
1: Kiara's actually said doggy. I love that you did come out and say, Doggy, I'm sorry. Good, Hats off to you. Brilliant. Well done. You. Yeah, you. There's a first on this show. Um, <laughs> no, but you're behind. Behind. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stick with Doggy because I love that. I love
0: the fact that we're just embracing this topic. Right, but that shouldn't be painful. You're saying that shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be painful. So, So basically, when I'm told that there is one position and the others are okay, and that position is a deep position, then already in my head it's like the diagnosis is there endometriosis so when i'm doing the scan i'm going to look for signs of endometriosis and yes i can diagnose the endometriosis and scan and i get this face from my patients as well like yeah that makes sense that makes
1: so much no sense. It, to- it totally makes sense and I'm, I'm coming back to you becky rebecca because we're looking at each other and uh, we've got both got these done i feel like suddenly that yeah i my eyes are totally open to a brand new approach to something that I certainly have now passed through uh bye -bye periods um (laughs) but I passed through that phase but I wish I had known I wish I'd known that that's not normal do you ever have these conversations with your friends uh, with your friends
2: yes all the time like for example my cousin she goes through the exact same thing so we are the only two in my family that actually go through it and like, basically, we are the only company that we have. We we can only talk to each other about these things because we were brought up in a way kind of like, you know, like the tough love kind of thing. And we were always made to think kind of like, okay, this is normal. Just get on with it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I remember goodness when I was young and I started getting the first signs of like these pains that I couldn't like carry on my life. You know what I mean? But are you faking it just not to go to school? Like checking it out? I get that. Because obviously like you're young, you get in trouble, all this stuff. But I understand it from the point of view of my caregivers because they never went through it. But at the same time, like, can we please talk about it? This stuff happens every single day. And like sitting here talking with you guys... just in awe because i wish i knew this like i wish i started learning about this stuff because it's happening every single month and like you said before women have around 500 sorry 500 periods like when you said that statistic it just blew my mind because for us like we have to carry on with our lives like honestly we're superheroes at some point no let's get that done
1: but these ladies, but I mean, I know. okay, so I'm going to ask you very briefly, yeah. because if I'd had this show 10 years ago, I most definitely would have come and sought one of you out and, and said, come on, let's get this sorted out immediately, even though I'd had endometriosis and even though that had been part of my life. And we're going to come to other complaints from you and, and uh, what we'd call abnormal conditions and state of the womb in a second. But is this going to change are you going to go and see, we've got a guy in You do you want to make an appointment? Uh, are you yes, going to please? go <laughs> right now? <laughs> I'm, you're going to be inundated. No, but I mean, it's my going whole to make,
2: life, full of, like, I'm not going to say my whole life, obviously, but like, say 10 years, right? And I'm not saying that I get it every single month, this kind of pain. but why should I have to suffer just because I'm made this way?
1: But these two ma- um, amazing ladies are saying that, that that's not what you exactly. should be feeling anyway. Exactly. And experiencing So it's anyway. been
2: 10 years of just, yeah, get on with it. Wow, oh, no <laughs> crap.
1: Ladies, uh, look, we've just we've touched on endometriosis. We understand now, I understand from both of you, that a normal situation is that you might get a little bit of cramp, you might want to eat the odd chocolate bar, uh, and you might you know feel a bit fatigued because you are actually bleeding. But what are the, if that's the normal, what are the complications? What are the other complications within our menstrual cycle that, that would create other symptoms that we might be able to
3: relate to? Such as not having a period, for example. That is something that happens as well. I think a lot of young women need to learn that they need to track what's happening during the month. What is, what is the norm for them and how it's affecting their, uh, their day and their weeks. For example, like in the build up to your period, usually um, you might be feeling a bit more energetic because your estrogen is going up. So even when it comes to exercise, certain exercise, you're going to be much better at it, like intense exercise. If you're training for a marathon, for example, that's you're at your peak. Once ovulation happens and you the hormones start to change again, then that is when you have to focus on endurance, for example, or exercise that's a bit slower, like Pilates, for example, or if you still want to do energetic exercise, you think of something a bit you know not so not so uh, intense because our bodies are made like that but in a man's world we're expected to perform
2: every day keep going like, there's nothing going on.
3: It's the same with our bowels, might change throughout the month, our moods might change a bit throughout the month, um, the way we react to situations. So, if we're aware of it because we've tracked what happens during our cycle, mm. then we can work with it, not against our period. Our period is actually, our menstrual cycle is actually telling us something. It is, you know, a very good indicator of our health and what. What's
2: happening in our bodies? I wish I knew that before, like, ages ago. Because it's the only true. thing that I'm used to, so to say, is like, yeah, that's normal. Keep it moving. It's important, like, honestly, just what you said right now, just so that you can plan your life not around it, but since you are experiencing it, just to know exactly what's going on. To
3: work with it more exactly, than... Exactly,
2: exactly, that's I, it. I wish I'd known because I'd have booked every marathon that I've ever <laughs> run in that
3: optimum <laughs> I mean, little
1: bit just before when the estrogen's really high. That you, is you, true. You mentioned about uh, about missing periods, and it's not something I've dealt with, it's something that you've mentioned. Yeah. But coming to you, Chiara, what, what are the common, I, I guess, side effects or or... or Complications. Uh, we talked about endometriosis. We talked about missing a period. Why would you miss a period?
0: Because of hormonal imbalances, or if there is an intake of energy that's less than expenditure. So we see this in athletes, okay, where there is a shutdown because the body's under stress. Okay, and n- body cannot cannot get pregnant because it's too much. To, it, it's too much of a. a, a told to get pregnant, right? So there's a shutdown.
1: But your body decides
0: that you're protecting your bo- you. No. Yeah. So we see this in Athletes and and even, you know, who, who are training marathon runners and not eating enough maybe. And and, and there's a there's a new word for it, red, yeah. Red. Yes. So it reduced expenditure, reduce energy
3: not exactly sure what it stands for and but it's, it's i know a, it's, it's an a recent one and yes and a recent, recent not one, having a period yep. and mm-hmm. so
0: that is that i see um or with uh, anorexics mm-hmm. more more commonly with pcos so polycystic ovarian syndrome so that's a hormonal oh, imbalance. say that again so
1: for me really slowly pcos
0: yeah. polycystic ovarian syndrome which is what which is when there is um uh polycystic ovaries so ovaries that have got many tiny cysts and they release hormones in a irregular fashion. So these ladies don't have periods every 28 days, but could be 30 days and could be 40 and then next month they miss it and 60 days and it's back to 28. So this is a very irregular cycle. And typically these young girls are more on the heavier side and they also could have a problem with excessive facial hair or her I- hair in the like a male pattern. So on the chest, uh, underneath the belly button, and uh, and the but this is thighs. not
1: this is not because of the woman's makeup. This is
0: because she has cysts, PCOS. So, so P- this is a symptom of a PCOS wow. is a syndrome. Okay, right. the S stands for syndrome, and to diagnose PCOS, no blood tests. Okay, it's, you need to have two out of three. One is ovaries that have got polycysts, um, lots of tiny cysts on them, so polycystic ovaries, and that's an ultrasound diagnosis. Two is irregular cycles. And the third one is excessive facial hair. So hirsutism, that's a fancy word for it. So if you have two out of three, you have PCOS. And it's a metabolic condition. Okay. And that means it's associated with other things, with messed up carbohydrate metabolism, with insulin resistance, and later on with cardiovascular issues. Uh, Yeah. Common? Common? (laughs) Yes, about... I'm guessing that's uh, a yes. um, (laughs) Yes, I think... I, I like to say that half of Maltese women have it and half of the other half oh, really? don't think, don't, don't know that they've got it. It's super common. It's um, Statistics are about 30% and more common in Mediterranean and, and Asian areas. Yeah.
1: Let me get this right. 30% of women. PCOS. Potentially listening to this podcast have PCOS that may be undiagnosed. It's higher statistically higher in mediterranean women and,
0: and asian yes and south asian so, okay so indian yeah.
1: and that these symptoms could be irregular cycles, cycles is, is weight gain facial hair these sorts yes, of things yes, yes. is there a lasting damage if someone has it and they don't get it
0: diagnosed is there yes. lasting damage yes yes um because it's all fun if you don't get periods right but if the lining is not shed that lining thickens it becomes abnormal and abnormal cells in the lining have a potential to become cancerous so we've got a safety limit of three months so it's important to have if you're not under hormonal control it's important to have a period every three months so with that 15 year old who doesn't have periods and she's enjoying summer but she's actually got pcos and she's not telling her mom because maybe she's not on comfortable speaking terms with her mum. Yeah, absolutely. So is one in three? Yeah. And this is regardless of age? Regardless of age. So obviously um, until menopause, yeah, with periods. And then after menopause, there are other effects because these women are heavier. They have more estrogen and they also are at a higher risk of cancer of the uterus and cardiovascular issues. So there are long-term risks with PCOS. And in all fairness, women who come to me with irregular cycles, they all suspect that they've got PCOS. And then when I diagnose it, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And now how do I deal with this?
1: I'm going to keep reverting back to you, Rebecca. Did you know about this?
2: Uh, I heard about it. Yeah, me Now too. I'm thinking maybe. Like, honestly, um, uh, growing up, um, uh, as we had spoken about earlier, I had the most irregular cycle. <laughs> honestly, like, it just lit up a whole room for me like full of questions now like rethinking everything that I went through honestly through what you have explained because now I'm just second guessing myself was that normal you know (laughs) like it's not something that is so easy you know what I mean because when I was growing up as I told you it's not something that I was really educated that much about it's the same like like what we were talking about before all hush hush now, whatever, like all that you said is just it just made me question a lot of things like that happened to me in the past. Absolutely. And uh, So so
1: let's come back to you, Chiara, for a second. We've talked about endometriosis, PCOS. Yes. Anything else that we need to you mentioned fibroids? Periods,
0: yeah. So fibroids are uh, like um, knots of muscle. They're solid benign tumors. Common. Um How common? one so 25% of uh, caucasian women and 30% of dark skins yes and again this runs in families so if you if a patient has got them then chances are the the females and the the family will have them yes yes
1: 25% there's one in four women correct. are going to have fibroids correct i've never heard of fibroid i mean i've heard the word like i've yeah. heard the word used but i w- couldn't even
0: tell you what the explanation was fibroids are benign okay um, but the symptoms are heavier periods and We don't tend to touch them. We don't remove them unless they give symptoms. So symptoms could be either heavy periods or pressure pain. So the fibroid grows and it's pressing on the bladder and it's giving urgency symptoms. So the woman needs to go to the toilet quickly or it's pressing on the bowel and is giving that urgency to go poop because we used that word earlier. Um, So then we do something about it, OK? and there are various treatments. There's um, there's medical treatment um, tablets, okay, that uh, are known to shrink the fibroids or stop them from growing. And uh, we've got some herbal supplements that can do that. Um, and then we've got surgical treatment. And surgical treatment would include cutting that fibroid out. And usually we tend to leave those. Uh, for those women who want to preserve their uterus who want to preserve the fertility so a young lady 25 year old and diagnosed with fibroids right let's she wants to get pregnant that's the point if this is going to interfere if it's in the cavity if that's going to interfere with the implantation of the fertilized egg or the growth of the pregnancy then we tend to take the risk of surgery but later on um especially if there's more than one fibroid we try we try surgically to touch them because they bleed they bleed they have got chunky vessels there is also risk of hysterectomy so we need so that's removal surgical removal yeah. of the uterus right so we choose our patients we choose our patients and fibroids are common so
1: yeah okay before <laughs> we move on to <laughs>
2: <laughs> I told you, you need wow. more shows. Yes, that's absolutely. a lot of information. <laughs>
1: okay. Anything else that we as women that are, let's let's leave the less common conditions for another show. But anything else that's common, that's like you know one in three, one in four, one in so five. These are common.
0: Yeah, these are common. Yeah. Another condition that I do diagnose with scans is a p- pelvic congestion and. Um,
2: <laughs> I know how we're exchanging looks like, <laughs> What? Yeah. What
0: is that? So pelvic congestion, um, apparently unheard of in Malta. Um, so this is when there's chunky vessels, chunky blood vessels um, on either side of the uterus. And I like to describe it as, um, you know how people with varicose veins complain yeah, yeah. of dragging, that kind of pain? And it's very similar, pain during periods. And this kind of pain. I don't know if you agree Audrey, um, but from this is anecdotal now from what I see from my patients. Um, the pain is uh, referred from hips to knees, okay? So if someone tells me that during their periods, like, oh, I am at and I can't feel my legs, it's like from my hip to the knee, right? Like, hmm, and I go in and I see the chunky vessels and it's pelvic congestion. But the treatment is easy. The treatment is taking painkillers, and it's life-changing. Sorry. sorry.
1: <laughs> Back in the room. We're just taking it yeah, all in. I am. Like, I, am because I, I Exactly. Because we keep looking at each other. And, yeah. I, and you're describing things that I can relate to. And, and how common is that? Less common than PCOS and fibroids. So I think the last one that I want to ask you about is ovarian cysts. Is that the same as... PCOS, because Sasha had an ovarian cyst that ended up when it was removed. It was 31 centimetres long and all the way up her spine,
0: Um, as you well know. Well, I removed one that was 26 kilos when I was in (gasps) Wales. And it's on the Daily Mail. Can I say that? It's on (laughs) the Daily Mail? We've got a celebrity (laughs) in the room. But the patient, the patient obviously sold the 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 story to the Daily mail and there's this photo of me wheeling out this massive cyst 26 kilos cuz then the uh, the laboratory no, really how big is oh my that? god big <laughs> are we talking this big this big 26 kilos 26 yeah, a massive. Fez, actually like she this is lost a lot of weight. i am Insane. so going to everybody we need to be googling this 26 <laughs>
1: kilo cyst removed by kiara <laughs> okay so
0: ovarian cysts cysts are cysts that grow on ovaries right that's what that means um ovaries are constantly active so making cysts is not unusual polycystic are tiny tiny cysts so they're millimeters tiny millimeters but when there is a cyst bigger uh, more than five centimeters we tend to keep an eye on it more than seven centimeters we tend to remove OK, because more than seven centimeters is not going to go away on its own, especially if it's solid, if it's l- fluid, if it's a simple cyst, we call it a simple cyst. that might go pop. And that's painful for about three days, but that's not related to periods. So that's pelvic pain. It's not related to periods. But, but yes, ovaries can make cysts. And how <laughs> common is ovarian cysts? It's common. Yes, it's common. And statistically common is more than 10%. So yes, it's common. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> wow.
1: Oh, okay. So we've, we've talked about that. And I think sometimes we as women can be our own worst enemy because, you know, maybe there's part of us that don't want to know. Because if there may needs to be medical intervention, then, you know, maybe that's going to put us off. But what should we be doing? What can we be doing? Or what? do we need to do to maintain the healthy part of our body that's down there doing all of these amazing things and is obviously very susceptible to complications is there
3: something I mean is there something physically we can be doing or something I would say first of all be aware of what your body normally does I mentioned it before then apart from that Making sure you exercise. I know we say all these things, you get enough sleep, you get enough decent nutrition. These all play into hormone imbalances. So, so when your hormones are imbalanced, many times they, it, some things can be rectified by having enough sleep. Because we know when you don't sleep enough, your cortisol levels go up. And y- Your what levels? It's, a, it's one of the hormones. Okay. One of the stress hormones. Okay. And uh, if that if that goes up, then everything else oh starts God. to unbalance. So yes, you know, decent sleep, self care, self care, stress management.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I think we
3: try to do so many things. where, are you know we're constantly from one thing to another. Take, taking but, time okay, out. So, so I'm of... going
1: to ask you then. I mean, maybe this is where you're coming to. But those are very generic self care instructions good sleep uh you know looking after yourself exercise these sorts of things yeah we should all be doing that for a million reasons and not just because we we're looking out for our womb um is there anything more because i think that's fantastic advice and I, I do but is there anything more specific that we need to be thinking about in context of womb because i'm thinking about obviously Kiara's going to jump in there in a second, but also I'm thinking about what you're doing with your pelvic floor. And I want to come
3: back to your, well, not your, but the pelvic floor in a second. One thing I would, sorry, I interrupted you. But one thing I would definitely say is make sure that you're not constipated. So many women are constipated. And when you actually go to the bathroom, you're removing these excess hormones. So that is whoa, another whoa, 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 whoa. thing. Hormones are in your poo. The, the extra hormones that your body doesn't need anymore are one of the things that get are removed. When you go to the toilet. <laughs> so when you don't go to I'm the sorry, toilet it's like enough.
2: After, after every nose that is passed, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm with so, you.
3: Good. Okay. So, so when okay. you don't go to the hot toilet enough, and a lot of women don't go to the toilet what enough. What is enough? Okay, because I'm going to say, like, how often do you I have to poo? I would poop? say is once a day, even up to three times a day. The maximum you can go without going to the toilet is once every three days. Wow. So at once least once. you have to have a decent bowel movement three times a week to get rid of everything that needs to be gotten rid of. Okay, waste, waste. Exactly. Our body, but, but, our but body doesn't need it. No, I mean that's. I
1: mean that's without without question. That's why you poop and you get it all out. But I, uh, the very fact that you're saying that your hormones are in it and the, and that affects the health of your. Your womb and everything, all your mechanical stuff that goes down there. And and essentially,
3: I love this word, pelvic floor. So I'm I'm assuming it affects your pelvic floor as well. It definitely does. If your pelvic, if your bowels are full, then your pelvic floor is going to feel a bit more uncomfortable. And then you might have those irregular periods and your uterus is a bit more congested. And, you know, it, it contributes to that feeling of discomfort. And
0: prolapses,
3: and prolapses, but, prolapse but and
0: that's not to do with periods.
3: No, we didn't mention those. <laughs> <laughs> that's another problem. I, I
1: really think you yeah. are is like looking at myself and yourself and just saying, can we actually blow these women away anymore? <laughs> Should we just go exactly. easy on them? Should we just let you know. know let them? But you were about to jump in. We yes, were talking about health absolutely. and and because I health. think
0: awareness and what you're doing here, this is bringing it out to the people. Because awareness is super important. Getting, tracking all the period, the the feelings that you get during your cycle. There's apps for that. Yeah. And there's apps that teach you, ah, this is why you're feeling like this is where you're at your best. So there are apps out there, right? So this is awareness. But there are certain things you cannot change. So if it's your genetics to have PCOS, you cannot change that. If it's your genetics to have fibroids, you cannot change that. But awareness and also the fact that it's okay to go to the gynae. You don't need to be 25, have sex for the first time or needing contraception to go to the gynae. If there's a mother who's got her 16-year-old who is having painful periods, having been through all of that herself, it's okay to come to the gynae. It's okay. We might not need to do an ultrasound, but from her symptoms, from the story, I can see what where this is heading, and then we can discuss management. Because if the mum has gone through that, she doesn't want the child to go through this. So, awareness. I'm gonna
1: ask both of you ladies and I'm gonna to come to Rebecca on this one because I'm gonna be brutally 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 honest um I'm at my grand old age and I've just had my second smear test and one of the reasons I've only had two smear tests in my life is because I'm have been really quite terrified of of smear tests and and
0: I don't blame you
1: they are not pleasant and they're super and super not pleasant um but they are necessary but,
0: but Can I just say that you can thing? say whatever you want? They should not be painful.
3: Agreed.
1: I didn't necessarily say that they were painful, okay, but,
0: but they are unpleasant. Yeah, well, who's enjoying getting a smearth done? <laughs> <laughs> because it's sorry. a Friday afternoon, I know what <laughs> <the afternoon. laughs> Well, yeah, nobody enjoys going for a Nobody enjoys that, but it, they shouldn't be painful.
1: OK, they that's really so, so if you are okay. having a smear test and it's it's painful, you need to tell your gynae. Of course. OK, which leads me on to the question of it, it, it goes back to and I've, this is the most quote quoted show Ever the first show we had on menopause, Mariella de Meck said, "Why don't?" When I said, "Why don't we find out more about menopause? Why do we not um, know more about it?" and she said, "Because we're women and we just get on with it." Now that puts in context of exa- exactly what we're discussing at this table is that you, you ladies, have blown our minds away. It doesn't apply to me anymore. I'm out of that. Sort of phase of my life, I've got new and wondrous challenges, which are the menopause. But this is blowing my mind away; it really, really is. And I think for a lot of people that are, are, are kind of watching or listening to the show, it's it's surprising for them too. If that's the case, explain to me. Why are we just accepting painful periods? Why don't we question? Should we always go to the gynae? Should we go to the gynae? Should we come and, and, and speak to you or to yourself every time that there's a, you know, a, a painful period? Where's the benchmark? What oh. do we accept? And what do we say, no, we have to do something about?
0: Why suffer though? Why suffer? Everyone's got their own different thresholds, obviously. Yeah. But if something's bothering you, go, go check it out. It might be nothing, but it's subjective. So if it's a, this is what I say. If it's a problem for you, then it is a problem. If it's not a problem, because I get women who have heavy periods, passing clots, big chunks of blood, and no, 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 it's okay, it's not a problem. Okay, if it's not a problem, but I can give you treatment. No, 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 it's okay, it's not a problem. Okay, fine. It's not a problem, but I'll do the blood test to make sure that they're not losing enough blood to make them anemic and also check a thyroid test because abnormal thyroid can also cause havoc with periods. Right? See, there you go.
2: Oh, I did God. it again. <laughs> every like every two minutes we're like blown away by a new fact. Here you go.
0: <laughs> but this is Honestly. this is having like a holistic you no know, look at the patient. So I'm not gonna look at the vagina on its own or the uterus on its own. Hi. <laughs> sorry what was I doing? I just face processing
1: again?
2: everything that's been go- oh my god.
1: But but then I don't think necessarily you know my experience of gynecologists has been varied and I think the fact that I was undiagnosed for endometriosis for 12 years kind of made me turn around and say sort of I'm not going to see a gynecologist again hence not having had smear tests because I was so ticked off so ticked off that I'd, I'd been told I kept you know I had gas and it, interesting thing enough is that you talked about the pelvic floor and you talked about um and you talked about uh that the endometrial cells gluing things together and then you talked about the pelvic floor being obstructed and and what effect that has on your bowels and suddenly I'm going well maybe it was gas maybe there was something that they saw that they could misdiagnose because it was endometriosis which sounds to me like it's incredibly hard to actually get to the bottom of IBS and
0: endometriosis
1: go hand in hand right yeah that
3: explains that whoa so that explains symptoms, a lot so many symptoms even urgency you know not being able to hold your pee that is another thing that you could easily get with endo and we also we laugh as we get older because we yes. as ladies
1: sneeze they and tend to cross accepted, their legs and <laughs> it's accepted
3: that's normal that is another thing i yeah. often get ladies in the clinic going oh it doesn't bother me it's only just a bit but it's not normal. Don't accept it See, as this normal. Is
0: subjective again, isn't it? Yes.
3: If it, I mean, if it's really not bothering you, okay, fine. But don't say it's normal because you had children or because you're menopausal or you're old. It's not normal. So if we find anything that we identify
1: as not normal, as something that is not our normal journey through life as a woman, we should go and get it checked out. Please. And okay. are we going to experience all doctors gynecologists who are going to be as open-minded because I think mm. maybe that's where some women have a stumbling block mm. okay you're not going to answer that one And I don't I don't uh, but you understand what I'm saying I I think
0: I work on my own in my own clinic so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the other... said.
1: <laughs> Um, but has that ever been a stumbling block for you Rebecca have you ever said I'm not going to go and see a gynecologist because I don't think they can do anything I mean
2: to be honest I've always been in that class of people where just get on with it and be like, okay, that's normal, just keep on going. It's the truth. Like, honestly, I just felt like, okay, it's a part of everything that's going on, get on with it. It's a bit of pain, it will last a couple days. It's normal. Nope. I never said, like, I need to go and uh, take further steps. Because in my opinion, that was my normal. You accepted it. Yeah, I accepted.
0: It. You went to a doctor, so you accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I should say that I think we're moving towards more open-mindedness. Yeah.
1: I, I'm going to say I would completely concur with that because we've got a a, a physiotherapist who is an expert with the pelvic floor, and I, as I said, I'd never even heard of that. And you, when we spoke, you talked about the the benefits of physiotherapy on this particular area.
3: You know that is exactly. appropriate for women, and sometimes it's muscle weakness that is causing certain problems, um, or muscles that are too tight. Again, could be due to endo, could be just because you've got muscles that don't know how to relax. So even your bowel movements, you can't go to the toilet because your muscles cannot relax enough for you to go. But uh, I, I do think that some people just get on with it because that's what they've always known. And they've never questioned whether it can improve
0: Superwomen. Mm-hmm. i'm
3: i'm
1: gonna we're gonna bring this show to to a close because I think this is a really perfect moment, but I am very very much convinced that we need to do this again, and I'm gonna ask you ladies to come back and we will do this again because I really feel like we've just touched the the we the just touched the surface of this topic <laughs> I'm gonna ask each of you to to finish up um for you, ladies, I'd like a bit of a word of advice, and I'm going to come to Rebecca in a second. But starting with you, Kiara, your closing kind of thoughts for this show, for any, I'm going to say for any woman who's having a period, we all
0: experience this, and this is why I'm blown away. Even if we don't, if you don't experience the period, you should, you should also go and have it checked.
1: But that's my point: is that it, it's, it affects us all. So your closing, Absolutely. your closing thoughts.
0: I always say, don't be scared to speak up. You know if it's bothering you, go and have it
3: checked yeah don't don't sleep on it just go. I agree if you have any doubts, make sure you ask. I mean help is out there you will you will find help, but you just have to look sometimes and track keep records of what is happening during your cycle, your bowels, your everything else because even this has an implication even for bone health if your if your estrogen isn't isn't there or not in sufficient quantities. That is in the future. You wouldn't think of it now. You think of it much later on. Rebecca, I think our tolerance levels
1: have been readjusted. I'm (laughs) profoundly blown away by these amazing women saying, no, 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 it, it shouldn't hurt that much. It shouldn't. How is this show... I mean, I'm not even, I'm past this, but I'm going to ask you, how has this changed your thinking?
2: (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's just having me question everything because, as I said, I've always been the accepting kind. I just said, okay, just get on with it. But now I realize that, you know, there may have been other things. And obviously, like, how long have we been here? Say 40 minutes, for example. This changed everything. Like, everything that I've known, added to it, nourished my knowledge, like, I have a million questions now. Like, after we finish this, I'm just gonna talk to you, lady. <laughs> no, I'm serious. An I'm informal serious. guy in your appointment.
3: I <laughs>
1: like the way Kiara's looking at her watch going, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm in clinic, make an appointment there. <laughs>
2: no, I mean, not seriously. Like, so much information has been passed. You and I have been exchanging views, like, what is this? Yeah. It's just insane.
1: Whoa. Well, listen, I'm going to chin-chin because I want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca, for coming up with the idea. Thank <laughs> you to you ladies for coming and imparting wisdom. Um, and I'm uh, cheers to changing the way we think about something that affects every single woman. Thank you so much. Heck yes. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. cheers. Holy cow.